Welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris. I'm Heather. And I'm Caitlin. Oh my god, we're all in the same room together. Oh my god. For the first time in months. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell anybody though. No, of course not. <laughs> Definitely not in our dad's basement right no. now. No. <laughs> we have protective suits on. That's right. Full hazmat. As previously in the last episode, we ended up breaking a very long episode about our favorite horror movies into three parts. And this episode will be the second part of that three-part series. And we'll be looking at Caitlin's favorite film in this episode. Who, little me? That's right. Yes, you. <laughs> so what did you pick? I picked 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Ooh. I fucking called it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I tried to dig up as much information and... Um, uh, general memorized nerdiness as I could, so I hope y'all enjoy this. Uh, awesome. We'll we'll dive into my favorite movie, Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it was quite impressive. Oh, that you had off the top of your head. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be enjoyable for everybody. Well, with that said, um, enjoy this episode of Under the Pendulum. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. What do you have for us? Yeah, what's your favorite movie, Kate? So, um, the movie that I... What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) said, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, no! (laughs) I'm going to go run out to my lawn now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I'm Uh only wearing a top. Oh, no. Why am I here alone? How did did I get this wig? (laughs) So hard to run in high heels. Yeah. Uh, so what'd you pick? All right. So my favorite horror movie, um, well, movie ever, because I'm a total nerd, is Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, directed by Francis Coppola in 1992. I um, I think it's a good choice, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's It's been my favorite ever since I can remember. We, I remember we recorded it on some shitty VHS off of like TMZ or something like that. I remember all the commercial breaks, everything, but I think I saw it as early as like five or six years old, like way too young. And to this day, I can't help it. It's just my favorite movie ever. I guess it could be construed as both drama and horror, but it's it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, this, this film is Francis Coppola's love letter to silent film, early practical effects, and the longstanding tradition of visual illusion in both film and theater, specifically in 19th century practices. So it's like this transition from 18th century, you know, theater magic to cinema, things like shadow play, practical effects like moving walls, um, and then camera tricks that were also shown by people in the latter part of the 19th century and 20th century, like the Lumiere brothers of camera tricks. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also, like, Coppola, I, I've been watching a lot of interviews, and, you know, a lot more is accessible now than there used to be, like, when I was when I was super into it when I was younger. Yeah. Coppola also showed his, his like, teeth as being a businessman because he really wanted to make this film, and he wanted to do it traditionally, but he sold it as being a cheap movie because it, it would be all be made on stage and in sets and stuff like that. So they're pretty much like, uh, Apocalypse Now, Godfather, that shit was so expensive. And he's like, no, wait a second. I'm going to be cool with this one. I'm going to be cool with this budget. And they're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) do whatever you want. You're Coppola. (laughs) 
So it's funny. I, yeah. I took a in college. In college, I took a class called a vampire cinema. It was about van- various vampires, oh, like so you just the figure of the vampire and vampire films through uh, through you know uh, throughout cinema history. And my professor said she did not like this version of Dracula, um, and I and a lot of other people didn't. And I was pretty like wow because I think it's one of the better ones. It um, really, yeah. you know, it has its its flaws. But I, I think it's one, it just captures this atmosphere that the other ones didn't, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's so interesting because I wonder if the people that say they don't like it, I wonder if they know about how much that went into it. Like the care that went into it, the artistry, like the the homage to film completely and like the history of film. Well, yeah, just... I didn't realize it was a a thing for silent film that makes so much more fucking sense now it's yeah. the way crazy the sets girl. were designed and like everything makes way more sense and oh i God. actually like it even more now knowing that yeah, and like too. the last since since we've you know we, we were given this prompt to choose our favorite movie you know again there was just not this information out you remember when i opened up like the dvd circa 2002 for Christmas, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Bram Stoker's Dracula Special Edition. Like, <laughs> that's like the <laughs> the most extensive interviews you had, and they were straight from like 1992. And now there's all these, you know, videos. Twelve from, hours like, of extra footage. Exactly, which is like Gary Oldman, please and thank yeah. you, yay. But <laughs> like, there's all all these retrospective interviews from Coppola now that are on YouTube, and it's just it's just so fascinating to really hear the the gears continue to work and him continue to think about his intentions and why he wanted to make this film so Mm -hmm. um that goes into the throughout the pre-production and making of the film coppola sought to make sure every aspect of the film stayed true to early filmmaking and theater he wanted his version of dracula to mirror the time period stoker of stoker's books release 1897 a time when magic and the transition yeah. of cinema was was happening. So consequently, yeah. there were there was a huge pushback from Hollywood studios he was working with and like people that they were basically tossing him as special effects people and camera people being just kind of like pushing him into being like, no, we kind of got to do this like everybody else. Like this is just how it's done. And so he ended up yeah. going through like a couple different, you know, head of departments and he ended up hiring his son and his daughter to help him realize his vision of just making it practical effects, just making it in camera effects, just mm-hmm. making it sets. So it yeah. ended up being being like this really also beautiful thing of it being a family affair and that being like their first huge credit you know, on their resume and like helping them, you know, make great work later, which I think it's Roman Coppola and also Sofia Coppola. And we all know that they have, you know, an amazing um, portfolio of work. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really crazy. Like, um, well, I guess that kind of maybe helps to like create this continuity because you have like a family kind of working on it. You know, it's like this, right. that closeness um, and kind of like understanding of the other maybe their intentions and how they like, you know, their vision um, and are able to apply that, you know, that's, uh, it's just really cool. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until recently yeah, either. I didn't know that. Uh, Coppola also states that because of the hands-on nature and the physical aspects used in making the film, 
Dracula for the first time as a movie has has a soul and it's because it is all tangible in a way and like Heather said I I always just felt a closeness to it and so much to it because it is so solid in that way it's just I don't know it doesn't feel like smoke and mirrors even though it's the epitome of smoke and mirrors if you know what I mean yeah yeah, but also, yeah. I'd also, I also I understand what you mean by Dracula has a soul, or a lot of the characters have a lot more personality. You know, it's like we, we really get to kind of know them more than kind of like the superficial characters. Like, even though I, I love the older movies, you know, with, with Christopher Lee and, and um, Bella Lugosi. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's still very kind of superficial in a lot of ways, which, I mean, just kind of, For sure. you know, how it was at the time, I'm sure. But, yeah, I, oh, I would absolutely. agree with, with that, um, that it does really gives it more personality. Uh, to all the characters, especially Dracula, you know, he's not Ugh. just this like creature, <laughs> you know, he's actually like was a human person who, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's cool. So that's the interesting aspect of um, it being so hands on all the practical effects, all the, you know, all the sets, all the in-camera stuff. And it certainly brought up mm-hmm. um, a quote from Stephen King about Kubrick's shining um, where he, he says, throw in some shade Kubrick's version, though beautiful, was like a big Cadillac, a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside of it. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of reflects how <laughs> how a lot of other renditions and depictions of Dracula have been like maintaining that, you know, sterile mm-hmm. Victorian kind of, you know, view of a vampire and Coppola's right. Coppola's version being an, an, a new one that kind of digs deeper into who Dracula was as a person and how that motivated, like everything motivated him as a character. Same with Van Helsing, same with Lucy, same with Mina. It right. just gets more into them and kind of exploring the whole soul of the story in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it's funny because Stephen King um, threw shade at William Blatty um about the writing the exorcist because he was basically like it was just like cheap you know whatever it's just like you know stephen king i love you man i love everything you do but uh i don't agree with you on that one but you know that's too uh, funny everybody dude Dude, yeah he wrote about it in dance macabre um about about, uh, yeah yeah, just kind of like i don't know he's gonna be in a fucking this is coming from the guy who's like sometimes a cigar is a cigar and a story is just a story it's like come on man you just understand (laughs) you know he's gonna be at some kind of like fucking writing convention or like lecture and someone's gonna throw a shoe at him it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be the old Bush thing. <laughs> be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. what'd, you, what'd you say about Blatty? What'd you say about Kubrick? <laughs> yeah. Just inarticulate bones. It, I, it is important. Chris kind of gave me a wonderful outline on, on how to keep my, my thoughts and, and everything organized and talking about this movie because I have very bad ADD. So one of the next points... <laughs> One of the next points is um, the the origin stories of, of Dracula and stuff like that. But I thought to myself, like, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast right now knows all about, you know, where Dracula came from and stuff like that. But in case you don't, <coughs> loser, no, <I'm> just <laughs> um, uh, he's, he's based on a 15th century Transylvanian prince, Vlad the Impaler, who 
you know, just like Elizabeth Bathory and, and a lot of figures throughout history, yeah, their, their actions and their crimes were definitely, you know, exaggerated. So he's called the Impaler because the people that he captured or even villagers, he would choose to impale them and it would take sometimes days for a spike to go through a person and like going from their bunghole mm. to their mouth, which is pretty brutal. And, you know, there's... There's that famous, um, you know, woodcut of him, you know, having, <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Bungholio. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> butthole. Butthole. I see you have issues with your butthole. So he, um, so yeah, the depiction is him, you know, having pretty much like a luncheon or a feast watching these bungholes and mouth holes get ripped to shreds toe apart and people slowly dying Mm. so other exaggerations that you know kind of um helped him become a vampire dracula figure was it was believed that he would do things like cut off heads and drink people's blood which they don't think he actually did that but you know you know how it goes yeah it was supposedly a lot of propaganda um you know from like uh, so these like certain group of villagers or something it was a kind of like an after um after the fact yeah you know a bunch of rumors about him you just kind of make him more like menacing and, and stuff you know, it was because obviously he was fight he was fighting the ottoman turks and stuff like that right. um we're trying to repel yeah. them out of romania yeah yeah absolutely anyway go on <laughs> i was gonna say though oh fun fact i was watching another coppola interview and he just went into just giving like factoids about bad vlad the impaler like the guy is asking you about costumes but he's like no i want to keep talking about the history of vlad the impaler but um nice i like it <laughs> fun fact is that they they know that vlad's body was buried but they don't know what happened to his head so his head's out there some somebody in your backyard in Romania or in Eastern Hmm. Europe. I hope you find it. And I hope it has a bejeweled crown (laughs) with pearls and fur. That's, you know, yes. Yes. (laughs) That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. But anyway, I wanted to also go into um, where, where the floor of vampires came from, in case you also didn't know. It comes from Eastern Europe, and it is a part of Slavic folklore which is also totally badass. Slavic folklore is terrifying. But um, the original <laughs> word for vampire comes from the 11th century Russian word upir, and this folklore predates the arrival of Christianity in the 11th century. And it is believed to arise from misinterpretations of various diseases, such as like rabies and also Another vampire disease, I forget what that is, where you crave blood, you get really pale, and the sun, like, hurts you. I, I forget the Vampirism, is that it? Something like that. Um, man, I, yeah, I can't remember sure. what the what the term is for it. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. Yeah, it's it sounds totally gnarly. And then also, when people yeah. would dig up their relatives for whatever reason the body would be bloating and would make blood come out of the mouth and make, you know, your skin would start to shrivel so and your fingernails grow, but it would make your nails look longer and stuff like that. So they started doing things like um, putting in garlic into the casket to kind of help with the smell and different kind of folklore around that. And then they would also put spikes and things into the corpse to make sure that they were absolutely totally dead. So... Yum. That's mm-hmm. all fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
But... Yeah, well, it's funny because we were talking on the last episode about like um, as we were looking at succubus um, through history, which was fascinating. A lot of times they were, yeah, and a lot of times they they yeah. had vampire like qualities, you know. So it's like, you know, we we know like this kind of Western idea of the vampire comes from this time, but it's like, God, that it must go uh, very far back in even in European history, like in a oh, different yeah. form, maybe. Yeah. Which is just really fascinating to think about. You know, it's like we first know of it as this thing during this time, but like it actually kind of has like this almost secret history that goes way back. Wow. Like, like Greek and Roman stuff. mythology. Yeah. The things that kind of all lead it to become like what we know of today, like kind of that, the you know, the term from Slavic folklore that really sticks yes. um, with it. Yeah. In our modern time. Because it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds fucking badass. Oh, and fun fact, the word robot is also from a a, a Russian word. So they gave us two terrifying things. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Russia. Thank you, Russia. What was I going to say, though? Fuck. Hope you sleep well tonight. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh. (laughs) Well, and like, I mean, and just another thing about the history is, you know, blood being our essence and that's like the main slogan in this movie is the blood is the life and you know i feel like in our society because we have such great access to to hospitals and you know um there's there's a lot of protocol for safety so and there's also not public executions so we don't see blood like everybody else saw blood so that tie that we're essentially water balloons is not as prevalent in people's like immediate memory so (laughs) you know so i see why it's a dangerous world out there it's it's there's lots of pokey things a lot of sharp a lot of sharp objects (laughs) exactly oh man oh damn it i'm spilling again oh oh, i hate that yuck I've I've seen I've seen unfortunately footage of somebody bleeding to death and that is like the worst fucking thing in the world. So don't do that guys. Ooh, yeah, don't do that, that kids. Don't watch that shit. It's bad. But anyway, back <laughs> to the sexiness that is Dracula. He can suck my blood anytime. Mm. Vampires are rad. Ugh. Anyway. So. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> suck my blood. I'm waiting. <laughs> uh so interestingly, Coppola also interweaves his own perceived childhood memories and interpretations of what being in the presence of a vampire or Dracula would be like. These ideas show through various aspects such as the laws of gravity not applying in the vampire's realm, translated through or his translation through disjointed movements created by filming actors' movements backwards, the use of stop motion and sets specifically made for a actor to be able to crawl on the walls or ceilings. So that, that special effect, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, are you saying like where they kind of spin the room or sort of, or just like yeah. they turn the camera at a different kind of thing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. and like there, there was wow, all, what a there cool, was... oh, I was just saying what a cool thing to like put into you know, your interpretation, like a childlike lens of what a monster is like. That fear never goes away. Absolutely. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah, ask really, were you really guys were you guys afraid idea. of vampires or like into vampires when you were a kid? Uh I was into them. I don't know if I, I was ever they were cool. Yeah, I never really 
was afraid of vampires. Um, no, me neither. No. It was yeah. I mean, totally I'm sure rad. I sat a night or two in bed, like, hoping that they didn't come get me, you know, when I was really young. But, I mean, you have those feelings about every monster at some point. Being yeah. real little, you see a, a super scary movie, and then that's all you can think about for the next couple nights. So, But overall, Absolutely. I loved them. Yeah. I think the only one that ever really scared me was Nosferatu. He's a... Uh... To this day, and and like that's yeah, remarkable that that, that is, is like creepy. yes, and that's like the early 1900s, just terrifying to this day. But yeah, well, I think with the, yeah. with the figure of the vampire, one reason that it's not always so scary is there's sort of a like quality of desire or like uh, it's like these things that we kind of sometimes think would be cool. There's yeah. like this hypersexuality, and it's like this like strength and this ability to do like all these amazing things. There's something like attractive and and also kind of terrifying about a vampire you know it's yeah it's it's, it's just yeah this alluring quality which i think is kind of makes it a, a really strange like monster or, or supernatural entity is is that kind of duality of like frightening you know like i could get killed but also this alluring like kind of like want to like be fetishizing it yeah want to be it kind of thing um oh yeah, yeah, yeah for so sure and and that's one of the next things I wanted to talk about was um, one of my favorite scenes is, well, in general in the movie, one of my favorite things about um, Coppola's fo- focus and interpretation of vampire is, is the women in this movie. I mean, and they're all smoking hot for sure, but he <laughs> yeah. specifically looks at how they behave and move in this film. And... In the first scene, um, unveiling, you know, their monstrous nature to Jonathan Harker, which I will deem the sexy vampire naked lady booby scene. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. three brides feast upon Harker in a kind of bloody rubby makeout session with shots alluding to the <laughs> act, the act. I totally saw on high def, by the way, that like they were like going for his nipple and there was like blood spurting out and I never noticed that before, but it was like high blood pressure anime spurting Ugh. coming out of that nipple. Like that uh, shit was so funny. Bro, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, so, oh sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> they're getting busy and stuff. And then Dracula bursts in and he demands the woman to back off Harker's nuts. And he tosses uh, one onto the wall yeah. <laughs> and he says, he is mine, you know, leave him alone. And th- the one that he tosses onto the ceiling, not wall, uh, is begging for his forgiveness. And she's like, you know, haven't you ever loved before? Like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm just trying to get my freak on. And he, he's just like, whatever, ho, just stay away from this guy. And... <laughs> Back off my man, bitch. Back off my man. And I think that, so anyway, so they all kind of scurry off. And as the scene progresses, it's just, just gets like, like filling up a glass of water just gets more and more and more and more terrifying because once he bursts in, yeah. these two other women um, that are on top of each other, like a choppy lady hinge which my partner lovingly told me, them. yeah. <laughs> which my partner lovingly told me they look like when two dogs get stuck together after mating. Which I then googled, adding to a new, <laughs> <laughs> adding a new layer to the animalistic demonic presence of these things, and you know, multiple new questions mm-hmm. about what their anatomy could be. Ugh. Yeah, isn't that isn't that gnarly? That's a big yikes, dude! Wow. I know. Yeah. And he keeps that that presence and that um, 
idea of them being very in tune with like the animal world and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 A huge um, aspect of, of vampires is that like animalistic, you know, it is actually you see in, in their transformations, you know, they, they change from a human form to an animal, you know, a wolf or, or, a, a you bat. know, a do- or some sort of dog or bat, you uh-huh. know, it's, it's, it is really like digressing into that animalistic form physically, which is, yeah, just, it's a cool, it's always a cool point to bring up. Absolutely. And I don't yeah, know that we see, we see that in ourselves too, you know, like uh, that fear of digressing back to, <laughs> like this pre-human animal oh yeah you know, absolutely form. not having any control and stuff like that yeah exactly um mm-hmm. have you guys seen uh i know we've talked about this before but what we do in the shadows yeah yep. great great every watch it every week seriously Dude, every time he turns into a bat he's just God. like bat cracks <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, me <laughs> up <laughs> i love it oh man another example of coppola's you know, choice in, in, in showing these women and, you know, filming, um, I call this crazy vampire lady town that he's, he's doing, um, (laughs) is in his, one of his most memorable, yeah, for sure. One of his most memorable scenes down there, (laughs) but do not play crazy town. (laughs) Take me to vampire lady town. I know. No shit. I want to live there forever. Sugar baby. Yep. <laughs> but um i think one of the most memorable uh scenes in this movie is uh lucy's blood vomit scene you know you remember that one by far yeah yeah, yeah really really oh, yeah. impactful it's the the uh well here i'll let you <laughs> oh no no go ahead very graphic yeah oh no it's just it's just like a, a really a really vibrant contrast between like the whiteness of her like skin and her dress and like kind of the cold marble of the room God, and just like so the, the red. Yeah. It's, it's just like, yeah. it's a really great um, visual, you know, and just in and, and that, that kind of contrast yeah. between those, the, between the white and the, and the blood red is just really like, uh, it's really eye catching, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's and a really good, really good tool. That was another thing I was going to mention later about why this is my favorite movie as like a side note is um, Coppola specifically also sold this movie on this concept, but he wanted the the presence and the costume to be the sets. He wanted that to be what is important from shot to shot. So he spent a significant amount of the budget hiring um, a Japanese costume designer. I forget how to pronounce oh, her name. Oh, cool. But yeah, she's utterly amazing. She, I, I didn't think they won too many Academy Awards for this movie, but I know they did for costume. Yeah. In in this scene, um, Lucy is in her wedding dress, and it's modeled after um, a lizard, like a fan lizard. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Just... Kind of like those, kind of like those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> the thing that pops up yeah uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what was that you didn't fucking say the magic word oh yeah <laughs> oh my god so you know her presence is just terrifying to begin with just from the costume and she fucking hisses a yeah. lot like she is just genuinely terrifying and chris is you know you're right they make it so yeah. that the blood is what is seen completely i mean the mm-hmm. white marble in her wedding yeah. dress just frames it's it's like having a bloody handkerchief or like a white dress with a big blood stain on it it's just like oh you're not gonna miss that you know 
It's a pretty disturbing scene too with like the child, you know, that she like abducts and yeah. has. It's uh yeah, it's very unsettling. Oh, for sure. And, then, like, and the like, kind if of you... cool like you know, backwards camera, you know, like climbing back in backwards. Um Exactly. You know, just if... like her getting out in reverse. Very If very you cool. watch the making of it, it's this poor fucking kid is and they've got child services there like they are making sure everything is done right (laughs) but this kid cannot stop freaking out because lucy's got these big teeth in and she's more terrifying than like what any adult could fathom let alone like i i guess this little girl was maybe like three or four she's fucking tiny but um yeah so I know, and you're watching her, you're watching the, the actress, I think her name's Sadie something, I, I forget her name, you're watching the actress try to, like, you know, be like, no, 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 like, I can take my teeth out, it's fine, and the kid just starts screaming it's just, louder, it's okay. because it's, she's like, you can take your teeth out now, like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, no. anyway, so in this scene, it's, it's Lucy, or oh, all the men, like, it's, it's her husband, um, the doctor, and then this, you know, Texan dude and Van Helsing all go into her crypt to make sure she's she's dead. Because, you know, if you haven't seen the movie or don't know the story, she was bitten by Dracula, and now she's a whore of darkness, as they say. She's she's now a vampire, nice. as they say. Whore <laughs> darkness. Whore of darkness, as I like they that. say. <laughs> Um, as Van Helsing says, a bitch of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're they're all up in her tomb, and the husband's like, you know, why are we desecrating her grave? This is this is horrible. She died. She died really badly enough. And Van Helsing's like, well, if she's not a vampire, you know, it's fine. Everything is cool. But if she is, you'll be super glad that we're here right now. Of course, they move the the tomb, this big-ass marble tomb, which is, again, in this beautiful set. Oh, by the way, I found out the guy who worked on Hook helped make the sets. So that's pretty fascinating. Very cool. I love the sets on Hook. Isn't that amazing? So he, that's one of the places where he cut his teeth was on the set of Dracula, which is super rad. Because Coppola also wanted to get really young um, set designers because... You know, they just weren't totally jaded, and they would and they would be willing to try new things and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and you and when you're first starting out on something, awesome. you have yeah, it's super cool. You have a lot more um, just positive energy. Like again, you're not jaded by being like, "Ah, oh, fuck these fucking people!" Like the gun yes. of their goddamn day on set. Like that is certainly true. <laughs> these, this old dog won't learn new this tricks. This fucking producer's riding much. my goddamn ass. <laughs> Your 20-something co-workers are like little puppy dogs, and you're like, oh, just stop. <laughs> yeah, you you turn into, like, the fucking, um, you know, what is it, the lieutenant in in the police department, and like, oh, this fucking guy is going to fucking kill me and give me a fucking early heart attack, like, kind of thing. Too yeah. Old Too old for this shit. Too old for this shit. And, like, I mean, and I, I don't know if listeners know, but I, I work in, in movies now, and people are totally like that. They're totally like, I'm fucking tired of this. And, like, they don't give a shit who you are. It's just getting the job done. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, being starstruck anymore. It's just, like, getting the job done. Whereas I'm still right. like, oh my god, you were a nightmare before Christmas. Sure. Yeah. Like you yeah. did Coraline. Like, really? 
yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. And I'm sure eventually I'll be like, yeah, yeah, you and everybody, like, you and everybody's mother like fucking was on that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so they're all up in her tomb. <laughs> they're all up in her tomb, and she's gone. She's not in there. And they the. They, the soundtrack, again, is amazing in this movie because there's just this, like, laughing, cackling noise once they see that her tomb is empty, which just adds to her terrifying presence. Like, yeah. is that her ghost? Where is she? Where is that sound coming from? Oh, my God. So she then begins to descend down the stairs, and then there's this really cre- creepy, like, ah, oh, and she's just yeah, like, I remember that. you know what I'm talking about? You guys, you've got to listen to that soundtrack just in your car at night. Like it's fucked up. So scary. But anyway, <laughs> so she's coming down the stairs. I'll do it while and... I'm taking a bath. Exactly. <laughs> you got to get some red food coloring, Heather, and do it. <laughs> got to have a good time. <laughs> a uh, nice relaxing time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they make gothy blood bombs for bath time. I'm sure they have that. Yes, they little, do. Yes, little <laughs> sparkly black moons and stars and stuff in that too. It's like a <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a gothy lucky charms <laughs> going on in there. That tub. Anyway, so she's coming. <laughs> she's coming down the stairs, and she's got that little girl who again is screaming her fucking head off. It's terrifying. Kids got blood on her knuckles and stuff, and um, she's walking towards her tomb, and then Van Helsing's like Lucy, and she drops the kid. And you hear that kid's ass hit the fucking marble so hard, yeah. and you feel so bad for this kid. And then one of the beefcakes comes in and like steal, takes the kid away and stuff. And then so she tries uh, seducing her husband, trying to lure him in to kill him. And then Van Helsing comes up in her face with a cross and is all like, nah, bitch. And she's all like, <sighs> and so. <laughs> but then. This is where the stop motion and the backwards filming come in. And they have her back into her crypt in this amazing disjarring kind of thing. And they also have strings pulling her dress in certain ways. So it adds to the movement, like the snake-like oh, lizard okay, movement cool, yeah. going wow. on. Yeah, that weird that weird flow of the garment. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Really neat. And I mean, I really think that that, that whole look was used throughout the rest of the 90s and the early 2000s of that kind of, you know, backwards kind of like use of cloth and movement and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. super it's super spooky. So anyway, she she gets all up in there, she like closes her eyes and then, you know, Van Helsing just starts screaming in her face about God and blasphemy and all that and she just vomits blood all over Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins' face. <laughs> And it's, <laughs> it is just the most sir. sir Anthony Hopkins face. And it's just one of, I think, the best <laughs> scenes in horror cinema ever. Just the whole palette of it, everything. It's just great. It's like yeah, a chef's yeah, kiss. It is certainly beautiful. Yeah. But the reason why this movie is totally my favorite is I've I've been in love with silent film ever since I can remember. I mean, even when I was like a little goth kid, I would be looking on like early Angel Fire websites for photos of silent film stars because I, I wanted to look like them. I thought it was amazing. And then not even having that connection made in my brain, I just loved Dracula. And now as an adult finding out that, you know, 
it really is a love letter to silent film makes perfect sense but the main 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 yeah, yeah the main reason is uh the acting in it i fucking love gary oldman's acting in this movie best fucking dracula yeah, he's great in my opinion yeah he's just he's amazing and fun fact everybody he mm-hmm. was like blackout drunk the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like uh, my yep. favorite scenes with him are actually kind of in the beginning when you know uh jonathan goes to meet him at the castle when he's like older oh like those are yeah. my favorite scenes of him he just like i love how the old man kind of like kind of he has an ancient quality and oh just God. this really creepiness that kind of isn't so present when he gets younger you know when he's mm-hmm. like when he gets all hot and right. shit oh he gets um, so hot yeah those, oh, yeah. yeah those are my those are my favorites <laughs> my favorite dracula scenes for sure are are him when he's yeah in the beginning there he's so commanding and confident and just unlike any depiction of dracula you've seen before because usually Dracula is like almost like borderline slimy. I don't know. Kind of, yeah. kind of bond. Hey. Yeah. Might as well have him a pencil yeah. mustache while he's at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and and you guys, you guys are right. Like that 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 first introduction, that presence where he's in that you know red satin train robe with like the gold embroidery on there and then mm-hmm. his giant booby butt wig like god damn it so good <laughs> oh, <laughs> it really is butt it's wig, so it, good. i know i'm surprised it... i like the combo <laughs> i'm surprised it took this long to bring up the booby butt hair <laughs> <laughs> like you just like skim it off like fucking some kind of film on tomato fucking tomato soup and there's just a, like an ass on top of his head or some boobies or something Jonathan Harkins is just like sitting there like I want to fuck uh, his did, forehead did that just jiggle was that jiggly oh why am I aroused exactly. why am I so attracted to your head sir but I'm British exactly exactly but he's still hot with the oh. booby butt anyway so yeah. <laughs> But, That's debatable, but okay, I'll give it to you. But yeah, like just 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 before I'm done tra- talking about Dracula, my man, my baby boy, my hundred percent, my love, my main my main squeeze. That original scene with like you know the shadow that also like you know goes to choke you know Jonathan Harker and stuff like that. Like that use of of the shadow play, which again goes back to magic and early cinema and stuff like that. And puppetry even yeah um there's behind the scene footage of the dude that's acting out the shadows and he's totally like japanese dancer like all into moving and stuff and he's just got the booby butt wig on and he's <laughs> bare bones robe on <laughs> it's like it's like if you walked into the wrong apartment is watching that guy <laughs> act like dracula shadow <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man and then <laughs> now I'm sexy. Exactly. <laughs> and and then another scene is um when Dracula and Mina are getting busy and they're she like, you know, Dracula like making out and he like cuts open his chest and stuff and Mina drinks from his chest, which by the way is the fakest looking thing in the whole movie. It's totally like a fucking fake skin stapled onto a board kind of thing with a blood packet on the back like yeah. it is and you might as a well blood pack underneath i used to joke <laughs> with my friend that like a fucking 
a mannequin head hand duct taped on a on a stick just comes up and like shakily <laughs> shakily cuts it open <laughs> and the blood comes out. <laughs> just like how bad it seems sometimes oh god damn it so <laughs> i really love this movie but i've seen it so many times that it's very funny to me now <laughs> but um, yeah i mean they, they all have their flaws yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but anyway so in that scene they all burst in and mina's like oh shit and she's like covered in blood and stuff and he turns into a bat creature and he's just like total big dick presence you know in front of these guys standing on the bed and like he's all like i've renounced god like blah 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 and like Van Helsing holds up his cross and then like Dracula stomps and it like gets set on fire and stuff like that. And it's, it's genuinely terrifying and it's a really good depiction of a bat without it being totally hokey shit. But the coolest thing about that scene is um, Coppola just wasn't getting it right. And Gary Oldman was getting super exhausted in this costume with all this latex on and just like hot and just like they couldn't get it right. So he had them, stopped filming and had had Gary Oldman, who was probably a little tipsy at the time, I don't know, but go up to each actor and whisper crazy shit into their ear, like the most fucked up demonic shit he could think of. He had them go up, he had Gary Oldman go up to every actor and say shit like that. So then, when they did finally go to take it again, they were all sufficiently terrified. So, yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's my... That's my bitty on Dracula. I love that movie. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it's um. Hell yeah. I, I didn't think about the you know that that the gap between like old silent films, you know, like like kind of the advent of like horror, you know, oh, with, yeah. those, with the old horror, yeah. horror silent films, and then yeah, just kind of bringing it back around is uh, yeah, I could I could definitely see that you know being a really good reason why this movie would be really great, especially if you like. Um, are not, you know, had never seen a silent film before, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Which I recommend everybody does and go out and see Nosferatu or Vampire if you haven't seen it. Cause I know Chris, I'm sure you've seen both of them taking that class you did. They're mm-hmm. just, just amazing films. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many vampire films. It's, it's I crazy know, actually. When you, so <laughs> when you look at it. It's insane. <laughs> so, uh, plugs. Oh, so yes. you can find us on Instagram at under pendulum podcast on Twitter at pendulum underscore pod on Facebook at under the pendulum podcast. And you can find all our shows on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Christopher Weber on Facebook and Christopher Weber 13 V on Instagram. You can find me at uh, Frothy Stardog on Instagram. That's a uh, that's typically where I post all my cool stuff. And um, on Facebook, uh, Kate Weber. That's K A I T Weber. And where else? I think that's about it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Heather? Oh, where I... can the people find you? Oh, uh, I believe it's H W Thomas on Instagram. I can never remember my freaking handles. I think it's HN, sister. (laughs) Okay, HN Thomas, you know. HN Thomas. (laughs) Yeah, I know how that goes. You just, you know, you can, you'll be able to find me through our, for our, through our pod stuff. 
So. Yep. And also <laughs> uh, listen to Heather's uh, narrations that she does for several um, oh, yes. horror podcasts. Tales to Terrify, Wicked Library, The Lift. Heck yeah. Pseudopod. Creepy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed um, our personal takes on horror films, and we'll be back with another episode. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Love you, Bob. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Your mother's got to now. <laughs> <laughs>